Today, I have the utmost pleasure of speaking with Susan Danforth, the awesome mother of Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors. Sue, welcome. Thank you. Such an honor to be here. Well, thank you for wanting to be on the show. Like was mentioned before, it is long overdue. We've been wanting to do this interview for months. Yeah. We wanted to do it in person and COVID hit, but it doesn't matter. Portside Moms is still alive and kicking and we're doing it. So you thank are. you. You're welcome. <laughs> and who thought COVID would last as long? I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, our listeners want to know about your baby, Frederick <laughs> Edmund Van Vliet. So okay. tell us, what is it that you want us to know about him? Gosh, he's really not as quiet as he seems. He's a super funny guy. Um, he's one of the kindest, sweetest people ever. He has such a big heart, and I'm really proud of him. Aww, such a mom answer. I love it. <laughs> so tell us, where did he grow up? Like, where did you raise him? So uh, we used to live in McChesney Park, Illinois, which is a suburb of Rockford. And we lived in McChesney Park until he was getting ready to enter fourth grade. Then we moved into Rockford. And that's really where, um, that would be when we all gelled together and blended our family. Joe and I had met a few years prior to that. And then um, when he was getting ready to enter fourth grade, then we blended our family. And we moved into Rockford, and I still live here. Nice. So, yeah. Well, Fred always uh, quotes or talks about his uh, stepdad, uh, Joe, a lot um, in his interviews. And he talks about um, him training him yeah. and him just <laughs> grinding him to the core. So let's talk about how basketball entered Fred's life. And let's talk about the training that he had to go through at 5.30 in the morning with, uh, with Joe. Yeah, so gosh, um, I think he was in kindergarten and he was like, mom, I want to play basketball. I'm like, okay. So um, I signed him up to play. And at that point, it was really, you know, everyone wore matching wristbands and that's the person that you had to guard. And then their coach fell through. So I ended up coaching the team. And it was a Colorex team. And um, he went from there to just playing for the Boys and Girls Club. And then uh, after Joe and I met, then we created a team that all three boys could play on. And um, it all just, it just started from there. So collectively, you guys had three boys together, right? Your 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 um, so there's um, four. There's four boys. Oh, and three of them played basketball. Okay. Yeah. Wow, the basketball family. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's how we met at a basketball camp, Joe and I. 
and uh, JD is the second to the oldest boy. And um, him and Fred were playing one-on-one -on -one against each other in a drill. So I read that Joe quoted to his boys that you're not going to be average. Anybody can be average. You are going to be something. Yes. Let's speak to that. What did he mean by that? So we live in a community that is known for that guy was really good. He would have stand a chance if. Right. And then you just fill in the blanks. You know, life happens to a lot of the kids in our community. And we have a lot of really good basketball players. And then life happens. And so we just really stuck to our guns and our kids. And we told them, like, you, you're going to become someone. We're not, like, going to let life interfere. Like, we want you to be able to have choices when you're older. And not just what you're stuck with because of the path that you chose. Right. So the area that um, uh, that your kids grew up with was a, a rough area? So, yeah, we lived on the west side of Rockford. Mm -hmm. And um, we lived on the northwest side of it. So it wasn't so much in our neighborhood. But they went to the west side school. And, yeah, we live in a really community. Yeah. So let's talk about that a bit because I was reading where Fred was saying, you know, going to school, like he was used to all these things, you know what I mean? And he was saying you know, some of the kids in school had guns or there was a yeah. lot of crime or, you know, a lot of violence in the school. So what did you as a mom have to do to make sure that your boys don't go down that path? Well, we were really lucky that, um, except for the oldest boy, Darnell, he started high school by himself, but prior to that, there was always more than one boy in school together. So they always had each other's back. And um, everyone knew that Joe was a police officer at the time. And so I bet that helps. <laughs> and that really, it really did help, right? I mean, it's like, no, his dad's a police. We can't do that, that kind of stuff. And that really followed them. And um, we also like, treat people the way that you want to be treated. Like, I don't care what walk of life that you're from. I'm not going to treat you any different than the next person. And so, you know, our kids, we just embrace that as a whole. And, you know, when you're good to people, people are good back to you. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember Fred was saying that the people in the, in the area, they were happy for him because they figured he was going somewhere or and they wanted you know what I mean? Him to be that rep for Rockford to say, yeah, he made it far in life and look where he is now. So that is a, and that's that awesome. And that's totally what, you know, um, he, like all of our kids were good. And then you have that youngest one that's always striving to beat the older brothers. And yeah. then it just becomes a point where you realize like, wow, God really has a plan for you. And what can we do to protect you from life? And then he goes to school and people also realize that, like, I'm not going anywhere, but you are. And so how can we protect that? Like, you guys can do whatever you want, but you can't do it spread. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about him playing uh, basketball in high school. That was so fun. Really? Tell us about it. Yeah. So he played um, freshman um, as a freshman, he played sophomore basketball, so he got to play for my husband. 
And um, he didn't, we like fully expected him to come in and play varsity. Our older sons were playing varsity and that didn't happen right away. So he was like, okay, if I'm not good enough to do that, then we're just going to go undefeated in the sophomore. Like, I'm going to show you that you should have just had me playing varsity all along. And they did. Like, they went undefeated that year. Wow. um, It was probably, I think, by Thanksgiving that he started playing varsity because there were some eligibility issues with some of the other kids. And so then once he got there, he was like, well, I'm going to make sure that you don't send me back. Like... And then he kind of did both for most of it, but that was the one year that um, all three of my sons played high school basketball together and they were all on the court together. And so, and they had a good season and it was just so fun. And so who do you root for? You have three boys on the court at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Whoever is doing, I I just root for all of them. You know, they all were on the same team. So that really helped. And, you know, and they each played a different position because that's how they Darnell, our oldest son was bigger than everyone. And then um Jenny was more of a shooter and Fred always played point guards. So it was um it was pretty easy. That's perfect. You're like at one gym one time. You don't yeah. have to run around the city. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly like how that all transpired to begin with. Like you guys are all just gonna have to play together. Yeah. Well, you know what? I used to go to basketball games and watch my kids play and I would stand up, you know what I mean? When my kids, you know, they're playing, I guess you, you were still the whole game because you had three kids. So <laughs> right. the court, yeah. they're like, sit down, mom. And like, I can't, my boy's on again. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that, you know, and um, the West side of town has a really sense, strong sense of community and family with each other. So, you know, we couldn't, no one could wait for Friday and Saturday night basketball and everybody just packed in the gym and it was just so it was fun so prior to his senior year he committed to Wichita and yes Wichita State and he declined other offers that came after so what was so special about Wichita that he said nope this is I'm keeping my word this is where I'm going when I graduate I think it's because there wasn't a lot of offers coming through and um, Fred is very like, I'm not going to be your second choice. Right. Right. Like you can say that, oh my God, we're just seeing you. But at that late in the game, if you have an opening, it's because somebody else decommitted or someone else got a better offer and they jumped ship. But I was never your first pick to begin with. Where Wichita State, he was their first. And he went and they made him feel welcome. And Wichita is a basketball town. They have no football team. They're super fanatic about basketball. It's almost it's like Toronto, Canada all over again. So, I mean, it was just a perfect fit in that sense for him. And he's loyal. He's very loyal. So, you guys, I committed to you because he hated the recruiting process. So he once he decided went there and decided that he liked it. I hadn't I had never even been there until we dropped him off for college. Like he made that decision all about, you know. So once he he just stuck with it because he's loyal. But I look that that goes true to his character, to who he is today, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like 
he he started as young and loyal and look at him now it's like it progressed with him so that's, that's awesome yeah so now let's talk about him playing at Wichita State because he had four awesome years he did. So talk about that mom gosh oh I remember first of all Wichita is forever away from Rockford it's like a, <laughs> just an 11 hour really long boring car ride when you have to keep stopping you know but it was really scary at first to have him go so far away because he was my homebody yeah. so um but I got to go quite a bit and watch him play and he just got better and better and better and I don't know at what period it was towards the end of his freshman year like he was smiling and he had emotion on the court where up until college he people asked if he even liked basketball because he was it was his job right this is my job I'm playing basketball a because I love it but it's my job this is my motivation to get into college so once he got into college while he knew that he was going to be an NBA player like he stopped and actually appreciated the fact that all of his hard work got him to college and he could relax and smile and have fun so, so his NBA mindset came when he was at Wichita. This is when he made that decision and said, nope. No. He, <laughs> he was probably, he was five and he said, I'm going to five-year-old doesn't say that, right? I'm going to be in the NBA, but he never wavered. Like, he never wavered. And, you know, you, you go to school and they're like, well, what are you going to be? And he's like, I'm going to be an NBA player. And they're like, no, really, what are you going to be? Like, are you going to be a fireman, a police officer? Like, what are you, and he's like, I'm going to be in the NBA. Good for him. Yeah. Listen, as a kid, you have to do what you aspire to be, okay? So good for him. I thought I was going to be Wonder Woman, but anyway, so that's <laughs> true. I had a lunchbox and everything, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not Wonder Woman now, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. So let's move forward. Okay playing Wichita, undefeated team, Final Four. Now he graduated there, correct? He did, yes. Okay. Declares for the draft. Yep. What was the preparation like as your family? Like, oh my gosh, Fred's declaring for a draft. Like, what did you guys do? How was the preparations now? Gosh, it felt natural. So it wasn't like, this was something that we had planned for his whole life so it wasn't like oh my god here we go like oh we have to scramble and we have to do this it was just like we just felt like a natural next step in the process you know we had to find an agent and then you have to get to know people you know through your agent because you have to have a really good relationship with them and um the workouts like he was doing sometimes three workouts a week because he wasn't high on the radar of anyone. So it was a long, stressful, tedious process. But at the same time, like there was no doubt in my mind that he was not going to make it. Like you can't do your whole life good and not make that last step. Like there was no way that wasn't going to happen for him grinding is all he did you yeah. know what it, it's 
he is like my son, like Fred did 18 cities in, in 30 days. Yeah. And my son did just the same. Wow. Crazy. So you as a mom, you understand that every, like you said, sometimes three cities in, 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 in a week. And I just remember him just being so tired, but he kept saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm good. I'm going to make it to the NBA. I'm going to make it. And Don't worry, mom. I'm great. I'm great. And I just looking ahead his little body just well little tall body you know what I mean (laughs) yes yes (laughs) and I just wanted to go with him you know what I mean and just yell and say stop treating him that way or stop making him run or but it was for the it was for it was for the cause right different right like with your son like every workout was different some of them were really hard some of them were easier and some of them you could tell like they didn't really want them there to begin with yeah and it's like, well, why did you, you know, whatever. Why invite them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why invite them? Is it, and I, yeah. As if they had like nine spots and they needed an extra one. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Just call Fred. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, fine. He can come. Like, yeah, I know this agent. He's got a guy. He's been working out. Let's get him in. A and, friend of a friend or somebody else's friend. Yeah, I know. That's, oh. that was the same thing with us too. We were like, mm, I don't think you should go back there, but. Right. Right. So draft night. Yeah. Ooh, I see the light in your eyes. Let's talk about draft night. What did your family do? How did you guys celebrate? So we had a party um, at one of the local bars. We threw a party for Fred, and they um, basically closed the bar down to family and friends. And um, so I was really naive in this whole process because I had, so I've watched the draft. Or so I thought I had watched the draft, but really I just watched the lottery pick and had no idea that the draft was on for hours. So by the, I was feeling really good by the end of that because (laughs) we're eating, we're drinking, we're having fun and just waiting and waiting for his name to be called. Yeah. Yeah. So hours later, his name did not get called. Correct. And he had to come out now at his party and make such a humbling speech. He did. It was awesome. I watched it. But as a mom, where was your heart at? So I, um, my heart was breaking for him because I knew, like, who doesn't want to hear their name called? But I already knew that teams had offered him as a stash. So they wanted, they wanted to draft him and then stash him overseas. And yeah. so he, he declined those. We were like, no way, you're not, you're better than, you're definitely not that player. Right. Like you've come this far. There's no way that you're not going to play for a team. And I, you know, we're moms. So my kid is a lottery pick. My kid does not yep. play the Z League. My kid is not <laughs> going overseas. Like, you know, I mean, we're moms. That's that's how we are. We're supposed to be that way, you know. Of course, you're like, who do I speak to? So- <laughs> right. So like, I I can just remember being kicked under the table when people are like, well, you know, he could make a team, but then they could put him on the B league, and I'm like, what? And they're like kicking me on the table, like, stop talking, and I'm like, yeah. you can, you know, but whatever. So it was really heartbreaking for him, but I also knew that when the draft was all over and that he had the opportunity to try out for Toronto. Yes. So and look at that. Yes. So 
it seemed like he really believed in himself, just like you and the whole family believed in him and said, don't take that D-League route. D-League at that point, they wanted to stash him overseas. My son actually went overseas when he went undrafted. Oh, uh, how was that? Yeah. Well, he went D-League first, and then he was like, wait, I'm doing all this work for this little bit of money. It just didn't make sense. It yeah. just didn't make sense. And, you know, he could work part-time, you know what I mean, at McDonald's <laughs> and make the, yeah. it's true. For all that work you're doing, and then in the end, he had a he had offers to go overseas, so he did play overseas before he made it to the league. But you know, what I mean, with Fred, you know, what I mean, good for him. Like he's like grounding it. No, I'm going to a team. <laughs> Y'all gotta take me. Yeah. And look at that. Yeah. So, what was it like now when he finally got that contract from the Raptors? So we um, we went to Las Vegas for summer league, um, and he played. And um, we had a really good feeling about that. Like, we're just like, you know, you just came out and you did what you do. Like, you're so consistent and you played. And, um, you know, and I'm like, there's no way that you're not going to make the team, but also knowing that there was three point guards in front of him. Yeah. Right. So it was a catch 22. And um, we actually, he signed, they called him in and he signed his agreement while we were in flight back to Illinois. So okay. we had no idea what was going on. And when we turn our phones off on the runway, we have, it's like messages, like, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. And we're like, what is going on? And then, Who's having a baby? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, what are you talking about? And um, so now we kind of have like this running joke, like, he'll hurry up and call us when something's going on. And he's like, okay, it's going to hit the media in like three minutes, mom. I got to tell you something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's so true, eh? Yeah. It's so true when you think about the life, you know what I mean? Where now things are so quick where back in the day, you know, even like you had to call somebody and you had to tell somebody for the news to get around. Now you're like, what are you talking about? My son made that a billion dollars. Whoa, wait, hold on. You know what I mean? Everybody knows before we know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so quick. So then there I sit on the runway crying because everything that he ever did just paid off. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's so true when you think of looking back at all those trainings that he did yeah. at 5.30 a.m., the YMCA, you know what I mean? Yeah. Moving forward, and, you know what I mean? Doing the 18 cities, you know what I mean? In 30 days. Yeah. And now yeah. he's sitting and he hated working out when he was little. He absolutely hated it. Yeah. Like, Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. <laughs> now he loves to work out. Well, as a young kid, right? You just think that, no, someone chooses me and I go play in the NBA and that's it. Like, yeah. you don't work to be on the NBA. Exactly. When, you're, when you're little, right? You just go. So. <laughs> yeah. And our thing, too, was always like their friends looked like they were having so much fun, right? Because they weren't working out. They were hanging out. They were going to dances. They were going to house parties. They were doing all these things that we didn't allow our kids to do. And so they were like, I don't get it. And I'm like, you're going to get it. Like, do you want to have fun in like now or do you want to have fun later? Like, you have to pick. Who's having fun now? Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. It's so true, though. You know what I mean? He has a different life now. Yeah. Yeah, that life that, you know what I mean, he dreamed of and life that his friends dreamed of. Correct. It was the same thing for my son too, but the difference with him was he was very, he was a homebody. He never wanted to go anywhere. 
And so like I used to say to him. Also a homebody, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His older brothers were not. So, oh. so <laughs> they were the ones that are like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, and Fred was always like, well, can I just have somebody spend the night? And I'm like, yeah. And then my husband's like, this is not like a halfway house. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we have four kids in the house as it is. And then they have friends over and now it's a party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to call it a flop house. Yep. People just come and flop on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what he would say. Yeah, <laughs> my mom used to ask, "Do we have to feed them?" I'm like, "Yeah, you, yeah, that's why they're here." So, <laughs> yeah. definitely. So, yeah, what was it like for you the first time you went to a Raptors game? Now your baby is wearing a jersey, a real authentic NBA jersey, oh. and it's his jersey. Go. <laughs> I cried and I cried and I cried. I'm like, and they all looked at me like, would you stop crying? <laughs> so, yeah, it was really crazy to know, like, you can check that box. Like, you've had this goal on your wall since you were a little kid, and you can, like, check the box. Like, and, you know, and after a while, I, I was probably the same for you guys, like, but after a while, like their dream, like you do whatever you can to make that dream come possible, right? Like your whole life was like, even like our older sons, like after that, we all were like, oh my God, what are we supposed to do with our life right now? Like your, your life, like we knew like that was your destiny. So now what do we do? Because we all like try to put this bubble around you to make sure that life never interfered and kept you from doing it. As a mom, you're raising these children, boys, young men, adults. But what did Sue do for Sue? Like, did you did you have to sacrifice a lot of you because yeah. of the basketball or because of their activities? Not only basketball, just because of these children. Yeah, you do. You work one or two jobs. You run from the time you get off work until you just fall into bed or you fall asleep on the couch because you're exhausted. You go without new things. You miss house payments. You do whatever you can to get your kids. Tra you know, you travel to tournaments. You there was a summer where we sent him on planes with people we didn't even know because he had the opportunity to go play. Like you just you trust. Now I look at it like my grandson is twelve, and I'm like, there's no way I would ever put you on a plane alone ever. Like no and. Fred's like, well, you did me, like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, we did, and we were lucky, we were really fortunate, but, be grateful, yes, it's yeah. so true, it's so true, I used to send Kim all over the place, I'm like, yeah, they're waiting for you, you know, yes. <laughs> and they used to laugh and say I used to be the best dressed mom in the gym, because I would literally come from work, yeah. You know what I mean? The makeup's on, and the hair didn't, the three-inch stilettos with my kid, you know what I mean? The, the purse on the arm, because I came from work, went to pick him up from school, went to, and sometimes I would drive him, most of the time, to the States, because that's where, that's where his team was. Wow. Okay. So all his games were away games for me. Yeah. Literally, they will call us and say, yeah, Kim has a game in 12 hours, can you come? I'm like, really? And I would literally just get Kim at school and let's go. I would have no clothes, no nothing, and I would just have to get to wherever I was going, usually yeah. um, Rhode Island or Boston and, and shop when I got there. Yeah. But the things that we do for our kids, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, we would like, he hates leftovers to this day because 
I would cook all Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening and put it up and that we just ate that for the whole week because <laughs> there was never any time to do anything else. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they appreciate it now, mom. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just run and you run and you run and you yeah. just do without. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes normal, right? You don't have a social life. You don't go on family vacations because basketball is your vacation. So back to the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, we're moms. Okay. We chit chat about other stuff and then we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The purpose. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But back to the Raptors, um, again, you were saying he goes on the team, you know, I mean, he's wearing that jersey, he's sitting on the bench, he's behind two other guards, I get it, been there, and my son is still behind two other centers, right, but what can you do, at least he's there. Yeah. But yeah. then he starts playing, years yeah. later, he's into the game, and he's playing, and he's one of the greatest players off the bench, moving forward. Let's talk about 2019. Let's talk oh about that God. season. Yeah. You know, I'm so proud as a Canadian, but anyway. So, let's <laughs> so you know, um, the first game he started was end at, um, at Chicago. And he didn't tell us he was starting. And I sat courtside. <laughs> and I'm like, here I am crying again, right? Because that's what I do. I'm a crier. And I'm like, oh my God, really? You could have told me. And he just looks at me like, oh, I got you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was that's, really cool. That's awesome. And then, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm just saying, and then that season was incredible of last year and how he just kept doing what he's always done his whole life. He just, leaves it all on the floor and he shows up for huge moments and um we just kept watching and I'm like oh my god oh my god I think they're gonna oh my god like I really think you know (laughs) and then it's just crazy it really is it's like they did it they won I know you guys eliminated us but whatever (laughs) (laughs) it's true it was the first time the Magic made the playoffs in like seven years. But listen, the Raptors, that's okay. So, right? so yeah. yeah, well, your baby went from that grinding, that kid that didn't want to get up and go to the training, that kid that moved and pushed forward all those years to going undrafted, to making sure he got on a roster, to becoming a champion. Yeah. I mean, could you have ever imagined that? I know you imagined that he was going to become an NBA player. Right. We all do as moms, right? Yes. Yeah. But did you imagine that he was going to win the championship? Not this early in his career did I think that that would happen. Um, I remember like telling him like, okay, so you guys made it to third in state in high school basketball and you lost in the final four in college basketball, like you will be an NBA champion because you can't like, how does that, you know, how do you, that just, I feel like those failures sat so hard in you that all you need is the opportunity and that chance. And just like in college basketball, when you get to the finals, like it's a game of runs, 
like anybody, any team can get hot at that moment. And they got hot. That's awesome. It seems like you always speak things into existence. <laughs> I wish, but no. <laughs> speak, Wendy's going to be rich. Speak it, Sue. I need, <laughs> I need you. So. <laughs> the Raptors call him tenacious. What does mom call him? What's that one word that you say? Fred Van Vliet is. Stubborn. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's talk about that, Mom. Hold on. How is Fred stubborn? Man, he is always like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And you better have facts to back up why I shouldn't do it. <laughs> and that is his whole life. Well, it seems to work because look where he is. I know. I know. <laughs> the ringer called him a playoff god. In 2019, a playoff guy because he just pushed forward and he pushed and he pushed and he got, again, he, he contributed a lot to the Raptors and the win. You must be so proud that he, he, that he played such a huge part of that. Like, let's talk about that last, last, last game, the championship game. Gosh, so I'm... I knew they were going to win it because none of us were, he wouldn't let any of us travel with him. So, and his reasoning behind that was we all went downstate in high school and we all went to the final and half of us went to the final four and they lost. And so they're um, like game five. I was there. My dad was there. Um, his brothers were there. Kay came with a baby and he was a newborn like we all knew like they're going to win game five and they didn't, right? Kevin Durant got hot and that was a wrap. So game six, he's like, you guys aren't coming. Like you guys totally jinx me every time you're not coming. So I, we like had like this huge, like we just felt like this is it. They're going to win. And then they did. And everything just went in. It was amazing. So you guys were not there then. So how did you celebrate? How did you celebrate? Your baby won the championship. You had to celebrate. Like, what did you Zoom? Like, how did you celebrate? <laughs> he FaceTimed us from the floor. And, oh, my gosh. You know, at the three-minute mark, like, I'm already crying. My husband's like, oh, my God, really? Like, there, and we're just jumping up and down. We were so, like, that was, like, everything that any player ever dreams to do. And he did it. And he played so amazing and it's just my heart was just bursting for him and then I was really sad for him because he was doing all of that alone yeah right so we partied when he came home though <laughs> <laughs> well all across Canada there were parties yeah <laughs> Jurassic Park that's what they were called and here we had yes. Jurassic Park here too and it was fantastic. And everybody was so proud of, of the Raptors. And um, I really hope, what the Russians say this, no Orlando Magic, you don't hear me say this, but I really hope <laughs> as a Canadian <laughs> that they can take it again this year. I mean, they were on the road to it. They They're were. They're just, a, what, three games, I think, behind uh, Milwaukee. Yes. 
So let's see what, uh, what the next couple of days will bring. Yep. Speaking of the next couple of days or couple of weeks, let's talk about the, uh, the return of the NBA, the resumption of the NBA. As a mom with the, the COVID and the social injustice and everything that's going on, how do you feel about um, the, the league restarting? I'm really torn because um, first you have COVID and while they're, you know, a group of really healthy people that it shouldn't really affect, even if they get it, you still don't want your kid having COVID. And then with everything going on in the world and it's just, it's a really difficult time. And I think like, yes, you can use the platform to speak about it and to spread the word and your message about just enough is enough. Like yeah. 2020, why, why is it still happening? I feel like we're going backwards um, at a rapid rate and it gives you the opportunity to you know, fight for it on a national level but you also still want to be at home. You want to be in your communities. You want your feet on the ground. And they don't have the opportunity to do, you know, those types of things while they're playing. But they can do a broader message. Yeah, I was reading that the Raptors um, might put uh, social injustice messages on their jerseys as opposed to their names and stuff. And so, I think it's really cool. And yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see what he picks. He's like giving it a lot of, you know, it's it's a big deal. That's a lot. That's a big deal. You have the opportunity to represent someone or something that you wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to do. I mean, like we go out into our communities and we are who we are every day and we fight for those things and we call out people when we see them, but to be able to just like do that in national TV in front of the world, like that's that's really, I think like that's an important thing to happen right now. Yeah. You know, this has been happening, like you said, for years and years. The only difference now is that people are getting, like you said, called out on it because now it's actually on TV where before it didn't make it to TV, right? No, it didn't. No. It would happen across all these cities and we wouldn't even know because if the news didn't tell you, well, then you don't know because you're just stuck in your little bubble over here. That's and now it. these horrific events are happening right before our eyes. And there's so many people like myself that, you know, where I'm a white woman and I'm enraged by what's going on and fearful for my children at the same time. Right. Like, how does that, why are we still doing this now? Yeah. And then our family is unique in the fact that, you know, um, we have a biracial family and my husband is a detective for the police department. So, you know, he is like a double-edged sword. You know, he's a black man in America and he's a police officer. Yeah. Right. So then, you know, that in itself is a whole nother problem. Yeah. Where he has to deal with like, are you here for your community or are you here right. for some blue? And like before, like no one ever questioned his entirety and where he stood. 
And now they're, you know, now they look at him as the enemy and he's not used to being looked at as the enemy. And then we're in, you know, in our family, you know, it's the, it's just the same way. I can only imagine the scrutiny that your husband faces every day going to work, right? You know what I mean? Before he was going to work, proud police officer. Now he must fear sometimes just because you never know. Exactly. I mean, people are hating on police now. You know what I mean? And I can only imagine what them hating on a black police officer. You know what I mean? That just, huh. yeah. Well, we'll pray for him because it's not, it's really, really not fun. No, it's not. No. You know what I mean? He, he has to protect his community, but he's going to protect his family first, right? And protect himself. Yep. Yep. And our perspective of the police department is slightly different in the fact that, like, we're very well, we know that there's horrible police officers at, everywhere, right? We all have work jobs where you have people on your job that aren't good at it and they're bad at it. But as a police officer, you just don't expect that. Right. And, you know... It's just wrong. It's so wrong. So let's talk a little bit about, about the virus now where Fred's going back and he's got to play. He's made that decision. He was saying morally, well, he's talking about the Black Lives Matter. He was saying morally, maybe it's not the time to play, but he's also talking about the virus um, because it is a scary thing. I mean, now they have more players that have um, the virus than before. Yes. Um, how do you feel about him playing amongst other players, like being in the Disney compound and just being mushed with all these people now. I mean, he spent all these weeks or months um, isolating and now they're going to be playing. I mean, they can't, how could you isolate playing, playing basketball? They can't wear masks playing basketball. No, and you can't wear masks. And, you know, there's still like no real concrete evidence of how the virus is passed and you're sweating and you're, you you make body contact all the time and you know it's just it's scary it's just scary yeah a lot of players are going back because of the money yes which is awful when you think about it you know what I mean because it kind of puts them in the catch 22 it's like oh if you don't want to play it's fine but we're gonna take your money kind of thing or you won't get paid more or less you know what I mean so it's like you have to make that well I gotta feed my family but I have to risk my life to feed my family. Mm-hmm. Um, How are they any different than our essential workers at this yeah. point? When, yeah. like, basketball is not essential, obviously, but we have frontline workers that have worked every day during this, and they they don't have a choice. You have to go to work or get fired or not be able to feed your family or make house payments. And, you know, the different pay scales and the MBA, I mean, you just have to get paid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot of these players, they depend on their on their pay. You know, some people say, oh, they make millions, but it doesn't matter if they make millions. I mean, you know what I mean? You have that average person that makes, I don't know, well, 50,000, you know what I mean? And they live amongst those means. And you have another player that makes 50,000 a paycheck and he's living amongst his means. So he doesn't get 50,000 that week. Well, it's a big difference for him. <laughs> yes. You know I mean? and I don't, yes. And I don't think people understand that. Like, okay, yeah, they should be saving and they should be doing these things and they do, but that doesn't mean like that I can go, doesn't matter how much money I save, I still can't go three months without getting paid or six exactly. months or eight months. Like no one can. 
Thank you. And exactly, no one can. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking to you from work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's true. I can't go without have without being paid. So why would I expect my son to be able to go without being paid after so long? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. So yeah. right. I, I get they want to go back to normal and they were saying, you know, life has to go back to normal. It does. But at one point I'm just like, I don't know, me, I have such mixed feelings about that. I was talking to my son about that today. Like, hey, what do you feel about playing? And he's like, well, I'm going to go back and play. And then I said to him, well, you sit on the bench most of the time. You're risking your life to sit on the bench. But they love the game. Like, yeah. and yeah, he's going to kill me for saying this, but whatever. And <laughs> I know, whatever. but I but, mean, but it's true. But then you have to take a step back. Like, how many people work a job? that they can truly say like, I love this. Yes. Right. And so they have not been able to do that for months. And now you have the opportunity to go back to doing what you love, even though it's not going to look the same, it's not going to be the same. Oh, and by the way, there's COVID. And then, you know, then you have, you know, all of this injustice going on in our country and like how do you put that into perspective it's really yeah. hard it is and how I mean, do we tell the next person like how how you're supposed to feel right I can't tell you like this is well you should feel this way about it like right. no that's what makes us unique and different people like you can't tell the next person how they're supposed to feel about anything yeah I mean I'm a huge NBA fan, of course, right? So it's like, it's exciting that it's going back, but at the same time, just for my son, you know what I mean? Like our boys, you know what I mean? Like our, I'm just I'm just fearful. Like, I'm just like, I really hope that you guys are okay. And and I know that the, there's protocols that are put in place, right? Yeah. But it's still dangerous at the end of the day. So all we can do is hope and pray that everything just goes, you know what I mean? Well, and that uh, these players just don't, catch this virus like you know what I mean like let's just get back to life and let's hope that they, you know we'll have different things to look at in life just you know I mean there's there's um I would love to turn my tv on and watch an NBA game absolutely who wasn't right yeah but and you know and I think like so I already had that moment where it hits the news that the um, player from the Utah Jazz tested positive and Toronto had just been there yeah and you know so then I get the phone call like mom I'm on my way to the hospital I have to be tested for COVID and then um, if I'm positive then um, Tay and the kids have to get tested um, or at least she does and then I have to quarantine for 14 days so I'm a mom what do I I'm like okay so I go and I tell my husband I'm like okay um, what do I need to do? Cause I need to drive to Toronto right now. Like <laughs> a kid might be sick, right? I need to go. And then, you know, it's like, oh gosh. So what do you, you know, that was, it was a really stressful few days waiting to find out if he was positive or not. And so now that I've experienced that in one aspect, like I know what to expect. So it's not as fearful, but I'm still afraid for him. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I remember when, when the whole thing started, and there was like, oh, a, a player has has the virus, and I was talking to my son on the phone. 
And of course, all of a sudden, he was seven to me. Yes. You know what I mean? I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, touch your forehead. Is it hot? <laughs> He's like, bye, mom. Get off my phone. I'm like, no, but touch your forehead. I want to know. You know what I mean? And you just, you, you just, as a mom, you have to, because I know he's not going to think he's hot or he's not going to think, oh, I just have a cold and cough, cough and sit down and watch TV and play his video games. But that's all he cares about. Right. Meanwhile, you know what I mean? He's affecting everybody in the house. So I was like, are you okay? And what's going on? And he's like, I'm great. No, we we're good. And then he yeah. was, but I mean, it was like you said, that, that mom instinct kicks in and you're like, okay, wow. Like I, I didn't want to drive to Florida, but I, <laughs> but if you had no choice, absolutely. Listen, you can it in a minute. Listen, I would have took my purse like I did. It would have been like back in the day. You know what I mean? The purse with the clutch in the arm and yes. just go. You know what yeah. I mean? And my little one outfit and just drive to Florida. You know, I wouldn't yeah. want to get there, but I'd find it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I totally get it. Yeah. Well, good luck to him, uh, to yeah. Fred and, you know what I mean, and to the Raptors um, in the season. Um Good luck to everything that he's doing for the social injustice, police brutality and all that, because I was reading that he's trying, contributing towards it and, you know what I mean, the team and stuff. So that's that's really, really, really important. And I love how he finds that important. Yeah. Um, and, you know what I mean, just for them as players playing together, you know what I mean, just at the season, I really hope that nobody, uh, nobody in the NBA um, catches the virus more than than the players that have it now. I think it's like 16 or something. So yeah, that's the last, yeah. I'm, that's the last number I can think of. Yeah. And then, well, you know, like Carl Towns mom just passed away. Yes. And, you know, and I just feel bad for their whole family. And to think like now, you know, here he is like, oh, by the way, go play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's true because you have that pressure. You know what I mean? It's like, you have that, I got to move forward, but at the same time, how do you move forward? Yeah. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to get up and push yourself, but it's tough. You know what I mean? So all prayers go to everybody that everything is great. Yeah. So tell me, let's talk about Fred off the court. You're entrepreneur. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. He surprises me from time to time. And, you know, he just, um, he's a really good nose for business and he's very particular. Like, mm -hmm. um, I'll think I have like this great idea and he's like, um, no, mom, <laughs> that's not like what it's just, it just doesn't fit in with what we're doing. I'm like, okay. You know, when he tries to like, let me down, like, gently where you know the rest of the team is like oh my god that's a really good idea because I'm Fred's mom and or I'm their aunt and they don't want to tell me no yeah. <laughs> and at the same time I know that they are probably like dude get your mom yeah <laughs> we came in the store today she had a whole list of crap for us to do like can you get your mom like <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah so let's talk about that business Bet on yourself. Let's talk about that. Where did that, where did that come from? It came from him. You know, he has bet on himself his whole life. You know, we've always tried to tell the boys, like, you only have yourself. At the end of the day, like, you can't depend on someone else 
to do something for you. Like if that falls through, it's really your fault. Like you, you have only yourself, like you have us obviously, but you know, you, you have that force to get it done, make it accomplished, move on to the next step. And so he really just sat on himself. Like, no, I, I'm going to do this. I believe that much in myself. But he's been betting on himself forever. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he even said it's uh, on the uh, the draft party. Yeah. But he said, I'm betting on myself. And good for him. You know what I mean? That that That's his mantra. So that just speaks to who he really is as a person. Yes. Yes, I'll have to get a bit on yourself t-shirt because that's what I, I want for you guys. Yeah. And I have to send them to you because I was going to bring them with. And I was like, dang it. Now, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. That's awesome. I mean, we'd love to support players and the families. And I mean, it's important to us because they're not just athletes, right? They're entrepreneurs and they do other things. And sometimes people don't know what they do. They just, he just, oh, he bounces the ball. He makes millions and he goes, you know, it's like, no, he's actually, he's a person. He does other stuff too. You know what I mean? He's, he's, you know what I mean? Like you said, he, he has a business and his business means something. Yeah. And it means like, and he is such a thoughtful person. So when he started this, you know, his circle has always been very small and he took that circle and he's like, you know what? I won't win unless we all win. And so when he started out on this venture of business, he took all that same circle and everybody has their job to do so that they can all, you know, be successful in their own right. Your son had a dream and then a vision and then eventually that vision got executed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you figured the dreamer, the visionary, and the executioner. You know what I mean? And 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 that's good. And that's what seems what you're what you're it seems like that's what your family was about. You know what I mean? You had your boys and this is what they wanted to do. And then you made that path, okay, this is what we have to do. And then you did it. Yeah. And now you're, you know what I mean? And and that that brings nothing, that's like a recipe for success. Yeah. But in doing that, if you were able to change something along the way, what would it have been or nothing at all? It's really hard to look backwards and say like, you know, A, because I don't know that we would end up in the same spot. Right. Right. Like we have an eight-year-old daughter. She is nine years. No. However many years younger than Fred, right? 11, (laughs) I think. I don't know. Like. The way we're raising her is not how we raised the older kids. And we don't know if it's going to make a difference or not. Right. Like, so, you know, we were very hard and militant on them. And like, that's like one thing, like if I could go back, like maybe and change some of those, but I don't know if it would change the outcome of what happened. So the one thing that I find that I have, done to all of my adult children is, you know, I'm like, I've apologized to them, like as a parent, like you might be messed up about something in life right now that I did to you. And I'm really sorry. Like in that moment of parenting, I was just doing the best job that I knew how to do and making the, the right decision during that time for you. And maybe it was the wrong decision, 
but I can't go back and change it. Like, so I don't know. I don't know that I would change it. Like, you know what I mean? We do things not knowing the results. I mean, we know what we want as results, but we don't know what we're going to get as results, right? So all we can do is do our best. In that moment of time, yeah. right? And as adults, I mean, we can go back and pick apart like our own parents' parenting. Like, I'm not going to do that with my kid, you know? So yeah. it's just like, I've like taken the opportunity to like sit down and talk to all of them and just be like, you know, I, if I did if there's things that you're mad at me from your childhood about, like, I'm really sorry. Like we just do the best job that we can. And so I don't know that I would change anything other than, you know, maybe just, I don't know. Like we were, I don't think I would change anything. There you go. That's perfect. You know what? I always say that to, to my son too. Like before I'd be like, Oh, you know, maybe I would have changed. I'm like, wait a minute. I would have changed nothing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you had. Get over it. Like, you know, like, this is what it was. This is what we thought was right at the time. Yeah. I did my best. I was not a basketball coach. I was not an agent. I wasn't, you know what I mean? I didn't know. I was just told, hey, your kid's 6'10". He's great. And bring him here. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. And you, you know what I mean? You have to figure out these, these resources and you have to figure out who to speak to. And to figure out who's bad, who has good intentions for your kid, like, and who doesn't. That's like nobody. (laughs) Like navigating a minefield and there's no book on, you know, what you just have to follow your gut. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, that, that's what we need is a, is a book. (laughs) How to get your kid to the NBA. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, because then when that doesn't happen, they'll be like, that doesn't work. What are you talking about? Who wrote this book? (laughs) author unknown yeah <laughs> no but I mean there's just so many different things and there is and and this is why I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted people to understand the lives that the players um, live and how they started you know what I mean like they're just kids right it's just you know what I mean and they did regular things they did regular things and like your son was 610 so he was always tall and everybody wanted him like that's a whole different set of problems yes and uh, my son was always too little too slow not good enough and now the whole world sees him through my eyes like how everyone sees him is how I always saw him right you know right that's so true eh? when you think about it you know it's like my baby's fantastic (laughs) period Right, right. I don't care if they can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Thought, but no, <laughs> you'll get it, honey. Sit and chew the gum first. Yeah, yeah. Chew it up. <laughs> get up and walk now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I used to tell my son, I said, I don't think you're going to be that cute in McDonald's uniform at 610 because pants are going to go to your ankles. And yeah, so find a team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty much our, our conversation. That was, that was, <laughs> that was mine and his conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was my, I guess, my, uh, my, my conversation influenced in the play sports. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> to tell him, well, play sports would be the world's best chess player. Make your choice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. He's great at both. So that's awesome. We'll see what happens after the NBA. Yeah. Speaking of that, what do you think Fred will do after the NBA? Gosh, I think he'll coach. Yeah. Yep. Well, his contract with the um, uh, with the Raptors is almost up. No, he's a free agent. Yes, yep. <laughs> he's a free agent. Yep. 
So what does that mean for Mr. Van Vliet? Gosh, it means that for the first time in your life, you're being respected. Like, that's a... Love it. That's yeah. the best answer and the most honest <laughs> answer, but it's true. It is. Yeah. yeah. For the first time in your entire life, you're being respected. Mm -hmm. Well, good for him. You know what I mean? Like you said, he, 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 he did all he could. He did all he had to. Yeah. It couldn't and... be a better person. Pardon? It couldn't. I'm his mom, but at the same time, like it couldn't happen to a better person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, mom, last question for you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So two plus two. No, if you had, <laughs> what advice would you give to um, a parents of um, of an amateur basketball player, like an up and comer, NCAA player, to believe in your kid and trust the process? Because trusting the process is the hardest thing that you will ever do. Because the process isn't. The way that we envision it, it's not, it takes different roads, yeah. and um, you just have to have faith that the process will play out the way that it's supposed to. That's awesome, and be ready for change. Yes, uh, anything can change at any time. Yes, yeah, yeah, and, and be ready at the same time. Besides trusting the process is you also have to have thick skin as a parent because yeah. people are going to love your child one day and hate them by midnight yeah. for all over a basketball game. Like yeah. they go from being the best player to the worst player. And um, That's you, have so to, true. you have to be able to let it roll off your back and that is not easy. It's not, yeah. it really isn't. <laughs> we're moms right yes so, so someone I mean, says like something about our kids you know <laughs> and I don't know how you were but I was that mom at AAU games like what did you say about my kid <laughs> oh yeah I was wrapping the hair up put on the bun yeah. taking the earrings off <laughs> say it again <laughs> say it again yeah. so <laughs> so it's man yeah yep mm -hmm. that's hard Christ you mom I love it and you had Three boys to fight for. I just had one. I would have been tired if I had three. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And like, they were all so different. You know, we had one that um, was that kid that would go and purposely stand in front of the other team student section at the three-point line and talk back to them and then make a basket and turn around, you know, and gesture to the student section and, you know, like we had like all, every aspect of that. It must've been an interesting car ride home. It was, <laughs> yes. You'll yeah. have to come back and tell us about this car ride home. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about them. Yeah. You know what? I love that you want to come on the show. Thank you so, so, so oh much. You are awesome. You're fantastic. You. I had so much fun with you. I really, really did. And I'm honored. I'm like, oh my God, really? They want to talk to me? Like, yes. You know? So yeah. 
Yes. I'm sorry that COVID hit us and we couldn't do this in person. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We will. <laughs> when I come to, come back to Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When I come back to Chicago or if you come to Canada, I'm going to come to Nova Scotia. Come hang out with us. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can come now. We're like COVID free. We have like two, two cases. That's it. We're good. Dang. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> come back and visit us. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on Portside thank Mom. You. Thank you. Thank you. I do it naturally, baby.